Maybe it's a poor analogy. Probably it's a poor analogy, but, you know, you get what you pay for around here. Episode 1125 of Diz Runs Radio is a quick tip episode. Today's quick tip, too much fuel on race day is a problem. All right, y'all, real quick before I start ruffling feathers, before I start stepping all over the third rail, before I alienate everyone with today's quick tip, let's do a sponsor. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's plug the coaching today, right? Because if, if you can make it through today's episode without uh, getting, getting all kinds of fired up, then maybe just maybe we could work together. If you can't get through today's episode without getting all kinds of fired up, we might still could be able to work together um, because, you know, like there's there's nuance everywhere, right? But uh, anyway, if you're in the market for a coach, if, if you think that might be something that would be helpful for you, maybe take some of the, the guesswork out of the training, maybe just allow you to just show up, do the work, not have to think about, well, should I do this workout today or should I do that? Should I run seven miles or should I run eight? You know, what? like take all the guesswork out of it. Just do do what the training plan says. Trust the process. And of course, have somebody there to, to kind of make sure that the things are going to plan and answering questions as they come up. That is what I offer as a coach. And we have different options available, different levels of coaching that are that are out there, you know, to, to find the one that might be right for you in terms of what you need, bells and whistles, what you want bells and whistles and of course the maybe the most important part what fits into the budget for you uh, but check out all the information that is available as far as my coaching is concerned if you think that might be something that's interesting to you at disruns.com slash coaching quick overview highlights of each of the levels and then of course if you want more detail on each of those levels there's links there no fine print no no you know kind of um what what is it like like no no I don't know, whatever. I'm not trying to be shady, right? Like trying to give you the information. I'm not promising you one thing and delivering something else, but just giving you the information, allow you to, to answer the questions that you might have. And of course, if you have questions, let me know. We'll answer them for you. And uh, if you think it might be the right the right fit for us to go forward, then we'll go forward. And if not, no harm, no foul. Um, just keep listening to the show. Again, assuming that you can uh, handle what we're going to talk about today. And uh, what we're going to talk about today is fueling um, during during your runs, and especially on race day. And I'm gonna I'm gonna poke the bear and and assert that overfueling in general is more of a problem in the running community than underfueling. Gasp! Shock! Awe! Yes, I know. Yes, I know. Controversial. Yes, but does that make it wrong? I mean. I don't think so. And and here is here is what I'm going to say about, you know, we're going to lay out the case and hopefully give you some clarity on um, helping you figure out what is the right fueling situation for you on race day. Because as, as is always the case, and well, almost always the case, because we try not to use definitive language around here, but as is almost always the case, you know, there's, there's wiggle room, right? It, there, there is no one size fits all. There's nuance. There's there's the it depends game is is in full force today. Um, but first and foremost, you know I do I do want to make one thing perfectly clear. I am not coming at this episode with with trying to to push everyone towards you know no fueling, hundred percent fat adaption, yada yada yada. Like fueling is absolutely a part of um, a lot of. It, 
not only is it a part of, it's a necessary part of a lot of people's race day strategy um, and even training strategies, right? Like, like it, there is nothing wrong. I don't, I don't want this to be like, uh, Diz is anti-fueling. He's not, all right? I don't fuel much during long runs. I really don't fuel at all during long runs. But on race day, you better believe that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stoke the fires a little bit. I'm going to give myself a little bit of, of, of a shot here and there to kind of help keep things going. So I am, I am definitely not anti-fueling. What I am anti is, or at least what I am skeptical of, what I am hesitant of for myself is getting into overfueling territory. I am skeptical that bonking or hitting the wall is as prevalent as some people, maybe yourself, maybe not, but some people would believe. I am not saying that bonking never happens. It does. I am not saying that we should never be concerned about bonking. There's a time and a place where that concern is very real. But the prevalence, like, it's not that high. I don't think. Like, true bonking. And, and when I'm talking about bonking, I'm talking about, um, you know, kind of, the, as I understand it, the official definition, where your body kind of runs out of, of carbohydrates, kind of runs, runs out of glycogen in the muscles, and that's what our bodies tend to use, especially at higher intensity levels of effort, um, to, fuel, to fuel activity. And that's, I mean, that's, that's physiology. That's, that's, that's basic facts. Um, but, but I think this, this fear that sometimes gets out there is that, oh my God, we're going to, we're going to bonk, um, if we're not fueling consistently. Well, I mean, maybe, and, and without trying to go too deep into, into physiology, you know, master's level here, um, I think that the likelihood of bonking is, is greatly exaggerated. And, and here's why, all right. Our bodies just naturally. And especially, you know, if you're eating, eating well, eating, eating a balanced diet is going to do a pretty good job of storing glycogen in, in our muscles. That's, that's the, the primary you know place that it's stored in our bodies to be able to be accessed and used quickly. Okay. And so the loose rule of thumb that I've heard is, is two hours. That, that our bodies just naturally, again, assuming you're eating a balanced diet, eating enough carbs, et cetera, et cetera, is you're going to store about two hours worth of moderate to high intensity activity. Not easy, not, not an easy run, like a good hard effort that you could sustain for about two hours. All right. Maybe it's 90 minutes. Maybe it's two hours and 15 minutes. You know, what, and for the sake of argument, we'll say 90 minutes going forward. Even though I've, I've heard two hours, it's a rule of thumb, right? Some people are going to be a little more. Some people are going to be a little bit less. But pretty much all of us, 90 minutes. We've got that covered. And so that means that if you're going out there to run a 5K, and I'm not saying you can't fuel during a 5K or right before, but I am going to say that you probably don't need to, right? Like there's probably not too many of us that are pushing as hard as we can go for a 5K and it taking more than an hour and a half. If you are, there's no judgment. There's no, definitely no judgment. Then maybe you might start needing to, to fuel a little bit for your 5Ks. But if you're out there hammering to break 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever, you're covered on the fueling front. Okay. You're covered on the fueling front. Now you start getting into 10 K's. Well now maybe half marathons. Sure. Sure. 
But the thing to, to keep in mind is that the longer the duration of the race, the less intense you're working for that intended time. Right? And, and hopefully that makes sense. Because think about it. If you're going out there to just chase down a new 5K PR, whatever, whatever that is for you, I think there might be a few people that are, you know, 16, 17 minutes, maybe a few more of us in the 20 to 23, 24 minutes range, lots of us in the, in the 25 to 35 minute range, but it doesn't matter the details. Whatever your 5K PR would be, you're going to get out there, you've got your plan, and you are going to hammer right? Like you've got your strategy. We've got to hit this mark at the first mile, hold on to the, you know, maintain through the second mile, hold on for dear life through 3.1, right? You know, if you're being honest with yourself, and I'm going to assume that we're all adult enough to be honest with ourselves, you know that you can't maintain that same level of effort that you're holding on for dear life through 3.1 miles. You can't maintain, you physiologically can't maintain that effort from 3.1 to 13.1. You can't hold it for another 10 miles. Could you maybe hold it for another half a mile or a mile? Yeah, probably. You know, if, if there was, if there was a, a lion chasing you down, you'd find a way to keep going a little bit longer, but for 10 more miles, like probably not. And, and that's why some of us have had this experience before on race day, whether it's a half full, whatever, even in a 5k, it doesn't matter. You go out too fast and you pay for it, right? You, 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 your pacing at the beginning of the event is faster than it should be for the duration of the event. And we fade, right? We, we, we burn out. That's not bonking. That's just, you pace it poorly. You tax your muscles too, too quickly. And now you're, you're, you're dragging across the finish line. Okay. So you start, you know, you, you, you look at a 5k effort, which is absolutely, you're burning through glycogen. Absolutely are, but you're not going to be out there probably for 90 minutes, probably not for two hours. So you finish no problem, no bonking. Yeah. You might, you might get tired. The lactic acid might catch up to you, but that's not a bonking issue. That's a physiology working too hard effort or working too hard issue. Okay. So let's not get them confused. You start getting into the 10k. You got to slow it down a little bit. Even if you're trying to race the 10K hard, you're trying to get your new, you know, some of you, you know what I'm talking about, your new proof of time for corral placements, right? Like, like you're, you're going to go hard, but are you going as hard for 10K as you are at 5K? No. What about a half marathon? What about a full marathon? It keeps getting progressively less intense. Now, I'm not saying that you're racing easy, but I'm just saying the level of intensity has to be less than it is for shorter distance races. So that right there means that potentially some of these longer distance races that are even getting above 90 minutes, maybe above two hours, you still may not need to fuel because you're not hammering quite as hard. You're not burning through that glycogen quite as quickly. So you may have enough stored to get you through. Maybe you do need one fueling. That's okay. Hit the Gatorade stand, grab a gel, whatever. If, if you're one of those gel people, you know, have, have some fuel somewhere in the, the mid part of the race. That's fine. But don't overdo it. Don't feel like you need to, to fuel. And, and I'm just making up numbers here, but, but you can kind of scale it accordingly at, you know, four times during a half marathon, seven, eight times during a marathon. Like you don't need that much fuel. I don't believe yeah, to each their own. 
If if they, if fueling four times for a half, seven eight times during a for, during a full works for you, then okay. But I've heard this this version or some version of this story too many times. Maybe maybe you've even told this story. Set off to, at the start of the race. We'll we'll talk about a marathon to, for today just to, to be able to put some numbers out there. But it, it it happens at a half, happens in ultras as well. You know, things started really good, felt good. Pace was pace was doable. You know, it was it was comfortably hard. I was just just cruising through through the five k mark, through the ten k mark. No no factor. Got to the half marathon. You know, the thirteen point one mat, right on pace. Maybe even just a little bit of ahead of ahead of pace. But God, I was feeling good. You know, and I've been I've been fueling. You know, pretty much every three or four miles. No factor. Everything's good to go. And as I was getting, you know, somewhere between eighteen and twenty miles, like I took I took in another gel. And like, ugh, it kind of, it was a little harder going down than the, than the first, you know, four or five. Kind of a struggle to choke it down almost. And, and at, at that point, like, you know, I, I got it down and took a, took a hit of water, but oh, the stomach was just gurgling a little bit. What, maybe even feeling a little bit nauseous. You know, so a, a mile or so later, I was like, well, maybe, maybe I need some more. So I took in another, another gel. Or maybe I made it all the way to the next third, three or four mile mark and made it to mile 22. Took in what was going to be my last gel of the day, and oh man, as soon as, as soon, like I had to gag it down, and oh, stomach was just turning in knots, queasy, nauseous. Felt like I was going to throw up a couple times. Maybe you did throw up and felt better, and were able to run it in after that. But you struggled for a mile or two, you know, and just oh, and even after the race, I couldn't couldn't eat anything, couldn't drink anything. Like it was just oh. I mean, I, I, I don't want to – I don't know what I don't want to do. I don't want to point any fingers. I don't want to make anybody feel bad. But that right there is as, as classic of an overfueling story as, as it gets. As it gets. Basically, you got to the point where your body was just like, no more. That's what the nausea comes from, Right? And, and if you, if you did get to the point where you felt like you had to hurl, which is never any fun for anyone, but you get some stuff out of your stomach, you get some of that overfueling emptied out and it's not uncommon at all for, you know, to, to, to feel better, to, to be able to get back on pace for the last few miles, run it in, feeling strong. How, how does that happen? If we're running low on fuel, how does that happen? If, if bonking is a concern, it's not. It's the overfueling that got you in trouble. So my take when it comes to fueling, for whatever it's worth, but you've made it, you know, 14 minutes into this, so you must you must be at least sort of interested in my take, is that when it comes to fueling on race day, less is more. Less is more. Yes, there is a concern of running out of fuel and bonking. Yes, there is. Okay? I don't think it's a it's a major concern, but it's a concern. Yes, there's a concern for overdoing it, fueling too much, and feeling crappy for some or most of the last, you know, third to, to quarter of a race. Maybe longer if it's a really long race. But that, that area in between, like, as long as you're, you're between those pillars, you're kind of good to go. You know, maybe there's a sweet spot. Maybe, probably, for all of us, there's going to be a sweet spot somewhere. Of, you know, this is the exact right 
mix of calories and this and the spread duration of them and 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 the delivery source in terms of is it a gel is it a chew is it real food is it fruit what liquid like like there's a sweet spot for all of us but we don't need to be in the sweet spot if we if we stumble around and get to the sweet spot great but as long as we stay within i still have some some you know some fuel in the system you know the, the gas tank isn't below e but it's also not overflowing with with overfueling you're kind of good you're kind of good so how do you figure that out how do you how do you navigate between the 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 extremes of overfueling and underfueling well as always it depends right that's that's two i think for today but here are a few guidelines to at least kind of help you help you get clued in help you try to get in the ballpark of close enough which is usually good enough to keep you going strong through the finish line so a couple a couple of physiological rules of thumb here to just to just kind of keep in mind and and yes there's gradients to this there's variances there's a lot of gray area but again we're talking guidelines right these aren't these aren't exact rules these are these are just more more guidelines than anything else you've probably got 90 minutes of stored flu, stored stored glycogen we already talked about this but remember that if you're running easier the easier you're running and again it could still be race pace but you are burning fat as well even if you're not fat adapted even if you're not fat adapted but this is one of the reasons that I love being fat adapted is that I don't really have to worry about running out of fuel because I'm carrying enough with me especially if if I'm going hard on race day and I you know hitting a little bit of tailwind grabbing some Gatorade from the aid station you know maybe maybe eat an orange somewhere along the way have some potato chips because Lord knows never say no to potato chips on race day, right? But it doesn't. I, I don't have to worry about making sure I'm getting in, you know, 150 to 200 calories per hour. Like I'm good. I'm good. I've got tens of thousands of calories I'm carrying with me, right? But that, that doesn't have to be you. You can not be fat adapted at all. But if you're if you're cruising along, you know, running a, a, a six hour 50k, yes, you're gonna probably want to fuel a little bit, but you're probably not going to bunk. You're probably not hammering redlining hard enough for six hours. Physiologically, guess what? You're not redlining for six hours. So, you know, just keep that in mind in terms of how much fuel you're like, if you're like, oh, well, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be six hours and I need to have fuel every, every, you know, 30 minutes or like, no, 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 no. Just, just try to relax on the math a little bit along those lines, depending on the fuel source. Rough rule of thumb is it takes about 30 minutes for the fuel that you take in to be become digestible and usable by your muscles. Now, the 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 more liquid, you know, liquid calories are going to go quicker. Then you start getting into some of the gels, then some of the chews, you know, then some of the re- more real food options take longer. All right, but but again, rough rule of thumb, 30 minutes. So, you know, make sure that that you're giving your your body enough time to process some of the fuel that you're taking in before you add more fuel in there as well. You know, think about it as like you're, you're building a fire. Some of you know how to build a fire, like a campfire, right? And, and if you just lay a bunch of big, heavy logs on there before they have a chance to, to catch hold, catch fire, you have a decent chance of the fire going out because, because the, 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 the fire isn't burning, Right. Maybe it's a poor analogy. Probably it's a poor analogy, but you know you get what you pay for around here. But if you if you're giving your 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 fuel a chance to be absorbed before you add more to the mix, 
you got less of a chance of overfueling, right? Like it's just it's a supply and demand type of situation. Along those those same lines, and like we've already kind of talked about a couple times, but to, to try to hammer home the point even more, the harder you're going, the, the, the slower that your body can digest the fuel. And, and the physiology behind this is, you know, your body's sending blood to your legs, right? And to your lungs to, to exchange out oxygen and then sending that oxygen to your legs, to your muscles to power the running. Well, guess what your stomach needs to digest fuel? Needs blood, needs energy, needs oxygen. And then that, 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 like that, that digestion process takes some energy. Well, if your body is, if you're trying to keep hammering at whatever race pace is, and then you, you can't divert as much blood to your stomach to do the digestion, it takes longer to digest. Which is why sometimes you might find that, that fueling every whatever 40 minutes on your long run works just fine. But the same pattern uh, of, I'm sorry, every, like, what did I say, every four miles, every four miles in your run, every four miles in your training run might be 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Maybe that works. But every four miles in race pace might be 35 minutes, 30 minutes. And if you're looking at a marathon distance, that starts to add up. That means you're getting an extra fuel window in there while simultaneously your body isn't processing the fuel as quickly. Cue the over overfueling, cue the nausea. Because your body's like, we need to get rid of some of this excess fuel. That's when you start feeling lousy. That's when you get the, the void one end or the other, sometimes both not a good way to finish your race strong. So, you know, kind of keep in mind that yes, you can, you can try some things in training to get a feel, but it's probably not going to be the exact same situation as on race day because of the increased intensity and the shorter duration of your mileage. So maybe, and I think this was a question from Gary Joe a couple weeks ago in the Q and a, instead of focusing on fueling every mile or every X number of miles, worry more about, or think more about in terms of time, every 45 minutes, every hour, whatever the case might be. And again, bear in mind, it's going to take about 30 minutes for the fuel to be usable. So you start getting to mile 24 of a, of a marathon and you're hopefully going to be finished in the next 20 minutes or so. Maybe you don't need that fuel or at least not as much. Maybe it's not time for another gel. Maybe it's just a time for a hit of Gatorade. And that's good enough, right? So there's lots of things to think about. And and in kind of in closing, I'm a, I'm I'm understand and I admit and I know that this isn't an easy nut to crack. All right? Despite what everybody says about making sure you're fueling every 30 minutes, that, that ain't the answer for a lot of us. Unless the the question is how do you overfuel and fuel like fuel like crap at the end of a race? Then yeah, fuel every 30 minutes. So, so just, I guess my, my final recommendation for today, my final words of advice is to not try to be perfect with your fueling because it's a constantly moving target. Perfect fueling is the constantly moving target. Okay. But as long as you can stay within the, within the bounds, as long as you can stay within the retreat in the, in the, the extremes of out of fuel bonking overfuel, nausea, throwing up, feeling lousy, you're probably going to be okay. So fuel 
as little as possible, but but fuel, of course, fuel. But recognize that some of the guidelines that we've seen out there, some of the suggestions that have been made about, you know, and even if you look on the gel packet, right? What is a gel packet? Every, every 45 minutes, take a gel. You kidding me? You know, I like Tailwind. You know that. But their their recommendation is like 20 ounces of of water mixed with a with a sleeve of Tailwind every hour. You kidding me? Like that's a lot of sloshing around. That, that it's too much, if you ask me. So listen to your body, trust what it's telling you, and don't worry about bonking. Like it's out there, it could happen, right? But you're more likely to suffer from overfueling in my experience, both as a runner and as a coach, than you are from bonking. So keep that in mind as you try to figure out what the right fueling situation is for you. So hopefully that helps. Hopefully that uh, I avoided the, the worst of the third rail. Uh, hopefully I, I avoided ruffling every single feather. Maybe made you think a little bit. Uh, but what do you, what, 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 how did, it, how did this one land for you? What, what do you think? Uh, always curious to hear your thoughts at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. Uh, what's what's your fueling situation? How do you fuel on race day? And, and again, if it works for you, then by all means, keep on keeping on. Um, but if if you find yourself always kind of feeling lousy towards the end of a race, a little bit nauseous, maybe maybe overfueling is the problem. Maybe if you back off just a little bit, you might find it works better for you. Anyway. If you want some coaching on things beyond just nutrition and fueling, although we certainly talk about it, we talk about it as well, um, I'm available. Disruns.com slash coaching is the link. we got spots in the Coterie. We've got spots at the one-to-one. And uh, we definitely still have spots in the concierge. If you want if you want the fancy fancy, you want me to show up next to you on race day, run with you on race day, slap that gel out of your hand because, no, it's not time. We're not fueling yet. You're not running out of fuel. I promise you. That's what concierge coaching offers. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll make sure that we're on track with fueling. I'll make sure that we're on your pace. Get you to the finish line. Concierge, l- look it up. Let's do it. Let's do it. Anyway, that's all that, all that information available. Disruns.com slash coaching. And uh, hopefully, as spring races start to roll in, maybe uh, if you've had some fu- r- race day fueling issues in the past, hopefully this will help you stay on track, feel good, run strong all the way to the finish line. But anyway, that's it for today. Y'all thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Hit that share button. If you're so inclined until next time, y'all be well, take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon. All right. See you.